Joining us now in the program is one of the world's leading pathologists, or should I, should I say rejoining, because he spoke with us last year. Dr. Cyril Wecht, he's been the president of the both the American College of Legal Medicine and American Academy of Forensic Sciences, and you've probably seen him on Dateline, Larry King Live 2020, and CNN, and today he's with us on Radio Parallax. Welcome back, Dr. Wecht. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. It's always nice to be with you. Now, I, I want to point out to our listeners that uh, they may not know this, that you uh, ran for senator in the state of Pennsylvania, ran against John Hines of Teresa Hines Carey fame. Yeah, at that time, the most uh, adored, uh, popular uh, politician in Pennsylvania. He was a good-looking young man uh, with um, half a billion dollars. (laughs) And and those were the years, Doug, when half a billion dollars was real money. (laughs) Uh, So I I did not choose my opponent wisely. But, uh, yeah, there's been much talk about that half a billion winding up in Kerry's camp uh, after John Hines, of course, uh, was, was killed in a plane crash. Yeah, a great, great tragedy uh, for his family and his, at that time, uh, young children. Yeah. I was, uh, I was pulling uh, for Teresa Hines, if for no other, no other reason the fact that as a Portuguese-American, she and I have that in common. And oh, I, was, I didn't know. I always thought you were Italian, de Sal. No, no, Portuguese. Oh. I, was, oh. I was looking forward to a Portuguese first lady, but alas, it's not to be. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, well, um, I, I hope you had uh, other more substantive reasons <laughs> for, for uh, looking forward to that. Uh, well, I did, but yeah. that, was, that was thrown into the mix. Well, Dr. Wecht, you, you talked in our show last year about some familiarity you had with uh, Cahoga County, which is where Cleveland is located. A Pen- a Pittsburgh, of course, is right on the eastern border of Ohio. There's been a lot of talk about the vote over there in uh, in Cleveland. Do you have any insight into that? No, I've heard from different people that there were irregularities. As you know, what has been officially reported in one polling place, they gave Bush about 4,000 votes more. Uh, it appeared to be either a simple arithmetical uh, uh, calculation error or something more sinister. In any event, uh, Doug, you know, it's all moot at this time. Uh, uh, Kerry uh, gave his concession speech. The only thing I can say is that uh, based upon the spread, it seems unlikely that uh, Kerry uh, would have emerged uh, the winner. I, um, I think he did the right thing for uh, for the country, for the Democratic Party, and for himself. I do not think that holding out and saying, uh, I've got to see the recount, uh, polling place by polling place in every precinct in Ohio, would have been a wise idea. Because the odds were, this was not Florida. You weren't talking about right. uh, five, 600 votes or so on. Right. It was well into the thousands and so on. And there was no reason to believe that he was going to... Uh, get uh, 100 or 90 or 80 percent of the outstanding votes. As a matter of fact, considering where the votes were coming from um, and so on, more likely than not that uh, the plurality for Bush would have become greater. Right. I, I knew it was over when a, when a friend at our, at our Kerry victory party went into CNN.com and pulled up the numbers from Cahoga County and said there's not enough here for Kerry to turn it around. Yeah, you know, it was very surprising because the lines, I had a, so I had a deposition that morning with attorneys from Cleveland, uh, malpractice case, and uh, my attorney, um, who lives in Shaker Heights, a uh, rather affluent uh, suburb of, of Cuyahoga County, Cleveland, um, told me that uh, at 6.30 in the morning, before he drove to Pittsburgh, 
he waited in line one hour to vote. Right. He was there at 6.30, waited in line one hour. So, you know, the way the lines were in Ohio and elsewhere, um, I think that most people had the idea that, boy, it's going to be a significant victory for Kerry. Right. Uh, all the registrations that took place and people standing in line, you know, that boded well uh, for the uh, Democrats, or so it seemed. And that was consistent, by the way, with the exit poll results, which were uh, being uh, disclosed and talked about earlier in the day. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I can't believe that, that the Republicans... Uh, even someone as Machiavellian as Karl Rove uh, could have uh, executed uh, such a fantastic, unbelievable conspiracy of widespread nature without the Democrats um, not catching on. Uh, you know, Democrats uh, have their uh, technology computer nerds, uh, just as, you know, do the Republicans and uh, professors here and uh, schoolboy wizards there and investigators, and they had a boatload of attorneys uh, yeah. and so on. So, you know, I, I don't think there really is any credible basis uh, to think that the election was stolen. Well, you're, you're more optimistic than I am, Dr. Wecht. I, I just looked at the blackboxvoting.org, vo- black, uh, 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 some of the, 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 um, mm-hmm. the, the production they did about six months ago on this very subject, saying that very optimistically, the end predicting that if there was a huge turnout, things would be okay, but that uh, basically computers, they had a show with Howard Dean and Bev Harris showing how in 90 seconds you could backdoor your way into a, uh, into a uh, computer that was tabulating all the computers around precincts and change the votes in, you know, a, a yeah. few clicks of a mouse. Yeah. Well, then you've got to ask yourself, uh, where were the Curry people? Um, they certainly had the manpower, and uh, they had gone to court, uh, you know, days and weeks preceding the election. They had... Um, a plethora of attorneys, so I, I, I don't know. Uh, I can't believe uh, they would be uh, uh, so cowardly, uh, they would be um, so naive uh, and uh, so um, uh, incompetent right. as to have failed uh, to recognize uh, extensive fraud uh, and, and fraudulent procedures. I, I, I don't know well. So it's it, it's too late. Nobody's going to be doing any recounting now. Right. Well, well. Uh- Honestly or, or otherwise, uh, George Bush is president for the next four years, and we're looking to uh, what what might be done, people who did not uh, not support him to be done to um, perhaps undo the, the, some of the path we're going on. And in that regard, a friend of yours, Senator Arlen Specter, has been in the news lately. He, uh, yes. he came forward and said that, uh, that the Bush administration might not necessarily get their way with Supreme Court justices, and this has caused quite a, a firestorm. Uh, that's right. Um, however, uh, you know, he then... Uh, followed up with some conciliatory language, and they're trying to cover up and so on. The fact of the matter is, although they're not going to say it, the moderate Republicans, and even the ones who are not so moderate, who genuinely uh, are are anti-abortion, they recognize that to get involved in that kind of a battle uh, with the feelings of Americans um, regarding Roe v. Wade, I'm not talking about late-term abortions, uh, I'm talking about, you know, the right of a woman to uh, have an abortion under Roe v. Wade pretty sure. much uh, the first trimester and with uh, some medical reason the second trimester. Um, so I, I think, and there's a big article, by the way, in the recent edition of the New Republic that addresses this by their uh, uh, Supreme Court uh, uh, writer, very well done. 
and and I, I agree with him, which which is basically that the Republicans truly don't want to get into that battle. Now, I'm not talking about the born-again Christians. I'm not talking about the fundamentalists. I'm not talking about the ultra-right-wing conservatives. Uh, of course, they would do battle. But I'm talking about the Democratic politicians, including the principal senators and principal representatives, not all of them. But they know that they've got another agenda uh, to pursue. And they uh, recognize uh, some with some degree of maturity and responsibility, others strictly on the basis of political pragmatism and, and reality, that this is a battle they do not want to get mired down in. Right. You know, the fact is, every poll shows that two-thirds to three-quarters of Americans believe, essentially, in Roe v. Wade. Two-thirds sure. to three-quarters in every single poll. And that includes, obviously, a lot of Catholics um, and, and even a lot of Orthodox Jews uh, and others who, uh, you know, from a theological standpoint, uh, are opposed to this. So, uh, you know, that that's what I'm saying is that I don't think that the Republican leadership uh, is going to um, take on um, Specter. Also, that opens up a door they'd rather not open, I think, namely to deprive a um, senator with seniority who is in line for a committee chairmanship right. of that chairmanship based upon some thoughts. Because if you do it with, uh, you know, Spectre today, then maybe you'll do it with, uh, you know, Hatch or, or someone else uh, tomorrow on another committee. Uh, that, that's a dangerous game for the White House yeah. and for their party. Well, there's been a lot of uh, talk in Fox News and others trying to portray Specter as having double-crossed the president after he uh, he campaigned for him. But I think people should know that uh, out in Pennsylvania, Bush had his eye on those 21 electoral votes, and he wanted in the primary right. to have uh, Senator Specter uh, be the sure. moderate person. He knew that Specter was right. the leading Republican candidate statewide, exactly. So the idea that Bush is saved Specter... Uh, it's, it's true to some extent in the in the primary. There is some truth to it, Doug. Yeah. He ran against a very, very conservative, ultra-right-wing Republican congressman named Toomey. Right. And he did not win, uh, Specter did not win by a huge margin. So it can be said, but Bush, again, recognizing uh, still the, it, was, it was Specter that he needed. Uh, yeah, sure, Spe- it, was a, it was a symbiotic relationship. Specter needed Bush's help in the primary, but but Bush knew that he would need Specter's help in the general because if Toomey had been the Republican candidate, believe me, he would have been wiped out. Yeah. I mean all I mean all of the Republicans, other than the ultra conservative people, would have abandoned him. So while he did well with that group in the primary, he would have gotten very few Democratic votes. He would have gotten none, very few of the uh, moderate, more right. liberal. Republicans and so on, and what? Uh, well, sure, Bush did not carry Pennsylvania, but had it been tighter, had it been tighter, uh, then that could have made a difference. So, uh, no, yeah. that uh, they they both helped each other. Yeah, it probably surprises some of our listeners who know your background and know Senator Specter's background to know that you are actually friends. Being that that um, uh, forty years ago when the Warren Commission came out, it was then. District Attorney Arlen Specter, who came up with what's now known as the single bullet theory of well, it was before he became DA. You're right. He was uh, well. He was junior legal counsel for the Warren Commission, and you're right, Doug. It was he uh, who fathered uh, the single bullet theory. And you're probably one uh, of the, the nations, if not if not the <laughs> nation's leading critic of that theory. That's right. And when I had the news conference announcing my support for Specter, which was quite <laughs> interesting. Uh, for everybody here, because I've been active in democratic politics, I was chairman of the Democratic Party, uh, etc. Um, 
uh, and and they pulled out an old quote of mine <laughs> regarding the single bullet theory in which I referred to it as a pseudo-scientific asinine sham. <laughs> um, and we both smiled. Um, and the, the comment that I made... You said uh, you didn't mean that, that in a bad way, though, right? Yeah, no, I, I said, uh, <laughs> I said uh, uh, that, you know, you can be a good senator without being a good forensic scientist. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, uh, look... Um, one thing has nothing to do with another. It really doesn't. You know what I mean? When yeah, Spectre, uh, absolutely. Said, and I haven't backed off my uh, uh, my unmitigated, unequivocal, unhesitating criticism um, and, and, and total repudiation of the single bullet theory. I haven't backed off that one single sure. bit. But, you know, that has nothing to do with uh, what Spectre, as a fifth-term U.S. senator, can do for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, uh, there aren't many five-term U.S. senators around, Doug. Yeah. And the amount of power that they develop, especially when they are the majority party, is fantastic. Just tremendous. Sure. And we need that in Allegheny County, Pittsburgh. We need that kind of input. So that was the main reason. He has uh, been a friend. He's been a supporter of our Institute of Forensic Science and Law at Duquesne University. Um, he supported our causes. He supported our Forensic Science Laboratory here in the coroner's office, uh, where I am, coroner. Putting putting all those things together, it, it was the right and, and logical and, and really and the decent thing to do. We had a national conference on terrorism this year, Doug. It was yeah, fantastic. Pl- please plug that a bit. It was a tremendous conference. Uh, we had the Deputy Attorney General Comey. We had Senator Specter. And we had as a keynote speaker Stephen Emerson, who's the foremost authority on Islamist, Islamist uh, fundamentalism and, and terrorism in America. We had the U.S. Attorney. We had top-notch public health, medical, forensic, scientific, and legal people. We had an excellent uh, portion of the program devoted to both pro and con on the Patriot Act. It was just just really, I mean, people are raving about it. Um, Everybody still talks about it. And by the way, on JFK, our conference last year, let me plug this. We now have available, Doug, eight DVDs, 32 hours of that dynamite program. Anybody interested should contact the Duquesne University Institute. That phone number is 412-396-1330, 412-396-1330, or well, they can contact me um, or look on the website, Duquesne University. Well, I, I was uh, there. I can certainly endorse that conference. Anybody that has an interest, a significant interest in the JFK assassination, there is nothing more complete, as you know, uh, more authoritative, more up-to-date than what was presented at our conference last year. Yeah, again, I can recommend it wholeheartedly. I do remember that at the time your conference was, was going on, ABC News and Peter Jennings did this uh, this sort of hour of like, well, if anyone out there can still believe there might be a conspiracy, meanwhile, yeah, yeah, at yeah. Your, right, you're right, putting right. on compelling yeah. evidence showing that the case is very much not mm-hmm. closed. I remember so well you're holding up USA Today saying, well, in the court of public opinion, it's still like 90% right. are with yeah. us. What a despicable program not to have one single representative of the critic researcher community, which, as you say, represents the thinking 
of 80 to 85 percent of the American public. That is irresponsible journalism of the worst kind, the bias which has been manifested by that uh, aging uh, uh, group there, uh, Jennings and uh, Rather and so on. It's about time for those guys to, uh, to pack it in and retire. <laughs> they bought in early, Doug, um, like the New York Times did. They got on board, and now it's a matter of pride um, and, and, uh, and, you know, their, their reputations and so on. There's no way that they're going to get back into the case. And they don't really know the case either. They just uh, bought the stuff early. They reach sure. out when somebody comes on the scene to try to reinforce it. They don't, they don't know, and they don't care, and they don't understand, and they're not going to sit down and spend any time. So, uh, you know, here we are two generations later into high school kids that uh, they weren't even born, and some of their parents who were not even born or were just little kids, and, and, and yet we, we have held on, so to speak, to 80 to 85% of both of those generations. Um, and doesn't that tell you something? It reminds me of nothing more than, was it uh, P.T. Barnum that said, uh, was it you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. Well, I think and, in the court uh, of public opinion, you certainly have carried you know. the day. Well, Dr. Wecht, we know you're busy. We thank you for well, taking the time you, to Dr. talk to us. thank you, for calling, and keep in touch, and I hope we'll do it again, okay? Can I, can I ask one more question sure, before we sure. go? You've written books like Mortal Evidence, Cause of Death, and I, I was... when oh, I was there in, are two new books out there. Thank you, Doug. Uh, one... Uh, that I've uh, I've edited both. One is a fantastic book. Uh, it's not a, a book for light reading, um, uh, but for anybody who cares about terrorism, it's called Forensic Aspects of Chemical and Biological Terrorism. Forensic Aspects of Chemical and Biological Terrorism. Okay. Published by Lawyers and Judges Publishing Company um, in in Arizona. And here again. Uh, I'll send you more information if you want, and people can contact Please, me through yeah. you. And the other book that was that I've edited is on the news. Uh, I think on the newsstands, the newsstands in Barnes and Noble, Borders, and bookstores uh, this week. Just, uh, just, just really hot, hot, hot off the press. Excellent. Called Crime Scene Investigation, published by Reader's Digest. Now this is an excellent book for um, advanced high school students, college students, and general readers. Um, who are fascinated, as so many Americans are, by all of these CSI programs. Well, sure. here is the, the real thing, and uh, so I, I strongly recommend uh, that book, too. Dr. Stilwick, okay. thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Alrighty. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm Douglas Everett. You're listening to Radio Parallax on KDVS 90.3 FM. Davis, Sacramento. Let's take a short break, after which we'll be joined by Trina Ray from Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California.